Hello, my name is Maddie. And I'm Hannah. We are reading Partners in Crime. Over the last two years, we have had over 50 book-based adventures together. We investigate a real-life case using advice from murder mystery authors. We review a book, find the sleuthing tips, and hopefully solve the case. Welcome to the unsolved case of the missing salmon. Just come a little bit closer. <laughs> oh, you've you bought um, an outfit that makes me feel like you're about to go on safari, <laughs> or like a kind of detective oh, chase. Yeah. Do you want to feel them? They're really soft. They're quite soft. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually got my Agatha Christie t-shirt on. Do you? And it matches print of your jumper. Well, that lovely. is unintentional. Okay. Fine. I've actually got a little bit of Agatha Christie news. Okay. Yeah. But before we do that, hi, Mads. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we don't. You don't normally do Mads. No, I know. On the podcast, just, just proving to fans that we are actually friends. <laughs> We're familiar <laughs> with each other. <laughs> What's your um, Ags news? Well, y- you will be especially interested. Okay. Yeah. In this news, because it's about one of your favourite Agatha Christie novels. Okay. Can I guess? Yeah, I'll give you three guesses. Is it a Poirot? Just a question. Yes, it is a Poirot. Is it Death on the Nile? No. Is it Even Under the Sun? No. Is it Murder on the Links? It is! Okay, great. Tell me more. And the trivia is that it's 100 years old this year. Great piece of trivia. 100 years old? Really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, that's what I've written. She was doing a lot. Yeah. A long time ago. There you go. Great piece of trivia. I've also got... Just shorten an- the word trivia to triv. <laughs> triv. Who's got time? Who's got time in this busy in day world? day and age. Not when Agatha Christie was writing that good stuff 100 years ago. She wasn't probably messing around with long words. She probably was. What? Agatha like, Christie? Triv- no, she doesn't have long, long words no, in her writing. No, she's speeding... Speed. Speed. Need speed, for speed. Need for speed. I do have another Agatha Christie... Go on. ...related... Not incident, but anecdote, anecdote. <laughs> that was an incident. Okay. I have started volunteering at the local bookshop. Lovely. Which is a co-op community bookshop. So all Shout of the out. shareholders are people who live in the community so and nice. who want to have an independent bookshop. And the first book that I was asked to order from the central book ordering system <laughs> was The Mysterious Affair at Styles. I think that's amazing. Isn't it I weird? also think it's amazing because not only was that the first one that you had to order, it's also the first Poirot. So we're all like, new, yeah. be- new beginnings. Isn't you know? it the first ever Agatha Christie? Maybe, yes. No, I don't know. I confidently said it was. We to should, who? To the person who bought it. <laughs> Let's have a look. It's the first. So I was right. You were bang on. Because the bookshop owner was like, oh, are you sure it's the first? And I went, yes, yes it, it is. is. Yeah. And now you don't have to go back with cap in hand and say, <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. You can say, well, you'd have to say anything. You could remind him. Remember that time <laughs> I was right about that? <laughs> 1920, October wow. 1920. That's amazing. So the bookshop that I'm volunteering at, just so everyone knows, it's called the All Good Bookshop. Great name. Yeah. And you can order online from them Fantastic. if you want to. Great. And we need to support our independent bookshops. That we do. Can you order from them to be delivered to your house or do you have to go and get it? I'm pretty sure you can have it delivered to your house. Oh, that's great. 
What, so like, cut out the middleman? Don't go to Amazon, go to them. Do not go to Amazon, no. Well, actually, if you want any books, yeah, well, just let me know. Yeah, always, yes. And I'll, I'll order them in for you. Fantastic, thank you. Might even be able to get a little, get a little discount. Did you just wink at me? I did wink at you. <laughs> it's, I never know, like, sometimes people can't, some people can't wink, can they? I can only wink on one eye. Like the other, if I do, do my right eye, it looks just like I've got a twitch. I can do it weirdly, like, no, the rest of my face doesn't move. Okay. Which I think is a bit weird. Oh, it's, that's it's a little bit sinister. Yeah. Yeah, you need the, like, you cheeky smile like... with it as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little click and point to go with it. <laughs> click and point. Okay, sorry. We digress. Yeah, we digress. But as we're talking about Agatha Christie, we know she's one of our queens of crime. Queens of C, yeah. And I believe you've got a little bit of Q of CMB for I do. us. A, a mouthful. Q of CMB. Um, just to confirm, I read the lended, thank you, lended copy of the Frangie Pally Tree Mystery by Ovidia Yu. One of the, are they just called the Tree Mysteries? Let's yeah, say what they are. Yeah. The Sulin Mysteries. Yeah, the Sulin. Sulin. Yeah. And I think it's the first one that has her in it. Yes, it is. And just to say, one, I enjoyed. Two, I don't think I enjoyed as much as the Mimosa Tree Mystery. But I enjoyed it a lot more than Aunt Elise Delights of this series. Mm. So it was a nice return to Sue Lin. I would very much like to read the rest of the series. Well, luckily for you, <laughs> you might know someone who can... I might know someone. Who can lend. Who can lend. What's, what's your, that was your favourite one in the series, wasn't it? Frangipani? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Interesting. Because also I think the, the reason I didn't like it as much was that there is an introduction of her grandmother... But she's not in it as much. Yeah, Armar's not in as as much. Yeah. 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 Who I love as a character. I did very much enjoy, and I can't remember where this is, which number it is, but the Beetle Nut Tree Mystery okay. I enjoyed. I'm also, I'm currently reading the latest one. Oh, which the is Mushroom. called The no. Mushroom Tree Mystery, and it's moved further on. So it's World War Two, oh, okay. and it's just after the atomic bomb has been dropped wow. on Hiroshima. Obviously, it's still in Singapore. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did like that it's the first time you get some more context to Sulin's relationship with the detective. Because obviously, by the time we get to Mosa Tree Mystery, he's a very familiar character mm-hmm. because she's met him a few times. So I like that kind of setting up of that relationship. Yeah. Um, and I was also very pleased because I've sort of figured it out the ending did in you? advance which I did not with Mimosa Tree I don't think nice nice less of a puzzle because I think with Mimosa Tree there was an actual puzzle to figure out almost whereas with Frangipani it was more like psychological yes I, th- I thought it um, was which yeah. evidently is my skill set not the puzzles just thought for the future thought for the future mysteries yeah yeah, yeah. indeed That's, you know spread your skills where they lie that's not the right phrase <laughs> you know if we were solving a mystery together use our strengths use our strengths because you're very good at puzzles I'm not I'd say I'm okay at puzzles it depends on the nature of the puzzle unless it's a dingbat obviously hit me up that was I've never seen anything like that <laughs> that was such so we went to for listeners we went to a quiz years many ago many moons ago I'd say we were more fr- fledgling friends at the time yeah it was early days in in fact early days given that i was also there with your dad so like very early (laughs) in our friendship and also your dad (laughs) yeah our friendship was just learning to fly yeah of course yeah and it was great they had some dingbat round didn't they in the quiz yeah dingbats featured heavily yeah and i couldn't really do them at all and you were amazing at doing them but then you also (laughs) were fantastic at 
trading you were like yes. trading answers <laughs> to get dingbacks that we couldn't get i think the thing that made it doable the trading was that the room itself had so you had like normal classic quiz questions at your table and then dingbats were on like pieces of paper around the room mm. and then everyone was sort of milling around which meant when i was standing in front of one that i knew and there was a group that didn't understand it i could be like i'll give you the answer to this if you tell me the answer to that one over there. Yeah, yeah. It worked well. It was really funny when you like, came back, you were like, Susan might give us this answer, but we need to give her two answers. It's like trading. It's great. Yeah, it worked It worked well. A good combo of skills. And then you got me that lovely dingbat book, which I sometimes do when I'm having a bad day. Oh, don't remember You that. got me a little book of dingbat puzzles, oh. I think to help me hone my skills. <laughs> Oh no, I think maybe I found maybe I found it. Maybe we had it. Yes, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a new copy, but you were like, have this, get to work. <laughs> right, okay. Shall we crack on with Yeah, that? let's crack on. Let's talk yeah. about the book. Talk about the book. So this week we're reading we were reading The London Eye Mystery by Siobhan Dowd. And um, Hannah, this was one of your choices. I think I know the answer to this already, but do you want to share a bit about why? There were two reasons why I picked this book. Yep. The first reason is because it's set in London. Lovely. Brilliant. But modern day London. Yeah, unusual. Which yeah. I don't think, scanning through our previous reads, I don't know if we've had a modern-day London. Was um, High Rise Mystery, or is that... Um, okay, yeah, we have. Okay, yeah. we have, but... <laughs> Not for a while, and we like that one, so it's okay. <laughs> so there we go, so that's the first reason. The second reason I chose it is I was actually looking for a mystery where the central character was someone who was neurodivergent. Ah, oh, okay, you were looking for that. Right. Yeah, who just yeah who sort about things mm-hmm. in a different way and this came up on my search oh great i i thought you were going to say your friend recommended no as a as a sideline mm-hmm. my friend who is a primary school teacher read it with his class but i only discovered that after ah, i selected okay, it okay fine 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 and that he said sense. they loved it a little hint as to some thoughts okay great and do you want to give a summary Would yes like to read the blurb I'm going to do the old fusion. Lovely. Okay. So, Ted and his sister Kat watch their cousin, Salim, board the London Eye at 11.32am. The pod rises from the ground high above the city. So graphic. I am just reading this. No, that's fine. (laughs) Then 12.02pm, the pod lands and the doors open. Everyone exits... Everyone but Salim. And that's it. And then it's Ted and Kat investigating what happened. What happened next? To their cousin. To their cousin. A fantastic summary. And what did you think? I very much enjoyed it. Fantastic. The mystery is fantastic. Sure is. I have a question. Yeah. Have you been on the London Eye? Yes. Yeah. Have you? I had a period where I was going on it felt like every week <laughs> why out of interest <laughs> because i just went to a lot of birthday parties what in the eye well the just party was going, was on, going the London, on the london eye what yeah. kind of age were you it must have been when it first opened so that's 2000 
Yeah, so around so then. Yeah. So maybe okay, so not two thousand itself. So like two thousand and one, yeah. two. Okay, fair. Pretty young, I'd say. Did that's a, a lot. That's a, that's a kind of classic childhood party. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and then we also went on a family trip as well. Whoa. So it's just quite a lot of. Also, I guess you London you actually Ryan. grew up in London, so it makes sense that that would be on the cards for a trip. Yeah, it was it would easy be a big to day get out to me. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I also think when it first opened, they had quite a lot of deals. Yeah. <laughs> Much like the Millennium Dome, which I also got, went to all the time. Didn't go constant. to the Millennium Dome. Oh, I loved. Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, the reason why I asked whether you'd been on it is I think if you've been on the London Eye, mm. you, you can just very much imagine it. Yeah, so true. Very visual. Yeah. And no messing around, Salim arrives to stay with them. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's he's gone. gone. He's gone. Uh, so that was one thing that I thought was great. Just sort of a twist on a locked room mystery. Mm, it is in, in a fact, way. Right, yeah. yeah. I love the sibling relationship mm-hmm. between Ted and Kat because Ted thinks about things in a different way. It never says exactly what. No. his condition is but sort of I sort of suggested that he has autism I think so yeah yeah and he sort of thinks about his own thought process yeah as things go on there was this lovely line where he's looking at his cousin Salim and saying Salim was handsome but he looked like his thoughts were not in the same place as his body and I like this about him I think this is how I often look too oh yeah that is lovely and as part of their investigation Ted comes up with eight theories (gasps) the theories love that and the theories are wonderful (laughs) one of the theories is that Salim is in a parallel universe (laughs) And also one where he might have combusted. Spontaneously <laughs> combusted, yeah. Which I must say, I don't really, like, I'm fascinated by that concept. Yeah. The idea of someone, like, that that could actually happen. It can. I think it can, yeah. Can it? Yeah, which I think is mad. So, like, I could just be talking to you and then you just, like, go up in flames and then I'd be sat here alone. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. I just, and I liked the pace. I liked the feeding in of the clues and it was it was endearing very endearing i've got more but what did you think well i very much agree i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot in particular as you said the relationship between cat and ted and i like that because i think there are elements of it where it's quite touching as you said and almost feels like quite mature for the way that they think about each other Mm. but then it also throws in the very realistic elements of them just getting quite irritated with each other and him thinking about her as hurricane cat because he finds her uh, she's very sort of the opposite of him she's very like emotive and spontaneous and like goes on her instincts whereas he's very methodical um very logical and as a pair i think whoa what a, what a mystery team play to your strengths Exactly. They do, very much. They do, very much. Um, so I like that a lot. And yeah, I too really appreciated the way that they work it out with the kind of theories. I felt like I was doing it with them, which I liked. So thinking about that, one of the clues is, uh, well, photographs yes. play a key role, role in the mystery. And they go and get the photos developed, because obviously pre 
digital cameras and then they're trying to figure out what words this man oh, could have on have his, his t-shirt because it's been cut off so they you're can wearing the perfect jumper for that right now yeah. with some with some block print wording on it yeah block print wording did you work out the words on the t-shirt before they did i worked out the word security oh yeah didn't did not work out the word frontline no yeah because it i think because that's a brand would have been tricky yeah. But he, I thought that was great. They work out that he's a security person who works for this company because they see these letters on his T-shirt from the photos, which is great. And I also really liked that, although, yeah, as I said, there's like kind of in some ways some quite adult themes in here. Really, the reason for all of the mystery is quite like a, a very sweetly adolescent reason, which is that Salim doesn't want to move with his mother to, to New, New York, York. Yeah. And he wants to run away. And that felt quite like... Yeah, I felt very adolescent in a way that fit with the book rather than it being serious. And then there's also a lovely bit where Ted can't like can't lie. Yeah. Like, he never lies, he always tells the truth. But then he does tell a lie because he wants to help his sister crack the case. Yeah. Because yeah. he wants to help Cat. And I do think I really liked the dynamic of like police actually re- are quite respectful about the fact that they've worked out some of this stuff relating to the case. So they let the, ch- the kids have this moment yes. of like showing that that's what they've done. But I also like that in that, the uh, young people kind of trick the parents quite easily into letting them do all of this sleuthing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, that made sense because their parents and their aunt and I suppose their uncle were just so, so, tra- so traumatised. Yeah. And the kids what? take that on themselves. In a way that is very lovely. Yeah, definitely. I so there's Ted is very fascinated by weather. Oh yeah, massively. And weather system. Yes. So he thinks about the case in terms of weather, mm. and he listens to the shipping forecast to help him get to sleep. Yeah. But it just reminded me of this moment at university one of the things we had to do is we had to find a poem and we had to analyze the poem yeah, we do classic. some close reading classic. practice I, I must say i i hate that because i always think maybe they're just saying these words you have to unpick every word yeah annoying. yeah so i chose shipping forecast love it by seamus heaney i wrote the whole of the analysis not realising or knowing what the shipping forecast <laughs> was. I just thought it was the name of the poem. Oh my god. I just thought it was the name of the poem. And I just remember the like the feedback from my tutor was it's fantastic, but you, you should look up. You obviously don't know what the shipping forecast was. But the part of the reason was I was sort of following the brief to the letter because yeah. they said that they wanted us to look at a poem without context. As in, don't go away and read about the poet. Don't go and do read critics or anything. This is just about you. Your Your interpretation. (laughs) And you were like, yeah, no, absolutely no context at all. Fine, context at all. It's just some (laughs) just random words. That's amazing. (laughs) So that that tickled. That did tickle me. Another thing that tickled me was. Ted is often thinking back into the past mm. about things that have happened with him and Kat in their sibling relationship. And there's this whole bit about how she would cover her Barbies in ketchup <laughs> and do surgery on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's quite, um, I think he's quite like, 
the relationship talk between the two of them does change throughout the book, but I think overarching, he's fascinated by her because she is so different to him. Yes, yeah. And yeah. It, yeah, I think that's a, such a like without that relationship in the book, I would I would feel quite differently about it. But it did remind me of the chalk and cheese element of the two sisters in High Rise Mystery. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're so different. Hothead and, and then analysis style. Yeah, there is a similarity there. Yeah, and the, and he's like, you know, we're the children are going to go off and figure this out because the adults are fanning around with something else. Yeah. Get into the weeds, as they say. Yeah. So following up from this, yeah. I don't know if you read at the back about Siobhan. Yes, I did. So... She sadly died when she was 47 and this this was her second novel and it won the Nason and Tess Special Educational Needs Children's Book Award. Very cool. And was shortlisted for the prestigious Children's Books Island Bisto Awards as well. And I've also read... So, A Monster Calls, which is by Patrick Ness, mm. which is another sort of YA mm-hmm. book, was based on one of her ideas. Oh, clever. And obviously, because she had passed away, and her and Patrick Ness were friends, he, he wrote oh, the novel nice. for her. But following on from that, there is a second mystery, mm. which is called The Guggenheim. Lovely. Mystery. Yep. And it is written by Robin Stevens, who writes the YA mystery series Murder Un- Most Unladylike. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is a, a series that has been very popular. Uh, and she sort of continues oh, with nice. Ted and Cat. And of course, they're going to, I think Salim is in it. Oh, because they're going to the Guggenheim in New York. New York. Oh, that's yeah. so fun. Do you want to. Put it out there that you're interested in reading for a future report? Possibly. 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 We're obviously thinking, listeners, about Series 5 at the moment. This is a bit of an off-topic, because we probably should have done this at MB. But just FYI, watch this space. Series 5 conversations are in progress. Yeah. About what that could look like. But don't panic, we'll be there. should score based on the old time the time yeah wonderful okay okay uh yeah yeah i'm ready on three yeah one two three eight eights all round eights all round Let me yeah write this down in the old book uh, oh i've just seen right at the back here yeah that all royalties from the book yes. go to the siobhan dow trust yes. so the money will be spent on bringing the joy the fun Delight of reading and stories to children who have no access to books and reading, yes, especially okay. children in care and other unfairly disadvantaged young people. Okay, well, listeners, definitely go yeah. and buy the London Eye Mystery from your local independent bookshop. Yeah, maybe get in touch if you'd like Hannah to order it for, for you from her own. Yeah. Independ- not her own. <laughs> <laughs> the one where she is currently spending her Tuesdays, I believe, is the day. Okay, one-liner. What are you thinking? Maybe like endearing or, yes. or charming, something endearing, like that. Endearing, London-based? London-based 
YA. Yep. Um, YA read with, with neurodivergent. Yeah, or I was going to say something about with something about like with super sleuthing siblings. Oh, wonderful. Yes, I've actually got some case notes. Great. So, very serious. The other day, I was looking out in the garden. Okay. And there was a fox out there with a big piece of salmon. Genuinely, <gasps> with so it had something in its mouth, and I was like, "Oh, what is that? Is it you know?" First thought, squirrel. But it was very pink, and when I looked closer, it was a piece of fish. Oh my god. Now, I cannot confirm... <laughs> if it was a fish from seven years ago. <laughs> no, I cannot confirm that it was salmon either, but just in terms of the case, seeing the fox mm. with this big bit of salmon... Does it just bring that back? Just made me think maybe the animal theory... Isn't crazy. Isn't crazy. However, just to counter <laughs> that, where are the asparagus spears? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying this. This was this fox was an no, offender. No, I'm no, just no. saying it triggered. No, no. Triggered. But in that scenario, where where would the asparagus spears have gone? You know, because they were on the salmon. Do you know what? We've never ever considered that. Oh, have we not? What, I have. About the asparagus spears. Yeah, where do they go? You know, that doesn't fit with the animal theory. Really. No, it doesn't. Because otherwise, it would be just the fish gone. Yeah, because there's no Unless way... it's a pack of animals that are really, really efficient. Because <laughs> there's no way that a fox could have grabbed all an animal. And, yeah, not grabbed, grabbed the salmon and not dropped the asparagus spears. Yeah. Oh, my word. I hadn't... Yeah. Using that psychological brain. Yeah, you're like... You're, you're in the psychology of the animal. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm a fox. I'm going to take that fish, but I'm not, probably not going to pick up all of the spears that I've knocked over. But how could you? How could you? Exactly. Because you've got the salmon in your mouth. That's the key. Well, big ticket item. Yeah. Not the asparagus. You look shooketh. I'm um, shooketh. <laughs> okay. We'll yeah. come back to that next week. It's just, I think it's just, it's just that's just sort yeah. of mulling. But this is the sort of thing we need. We need these kinds of like moments to be like, right, okay, that's let's we've returned to that thought because you've been you know, your memory's been brought back to it. We've busted that theory wide open. We have. Yeah. So actually, what's happened here is I kind of came thinking oh, this thing that I've seen is mm. adding weight to the animal theory. Yeah. Now we've talked about it, we're like, actually, no. No. We can probably almost rule out the animal theory. I think so. Which is big, because I'm not going to lie, it was in my top three. <laughs> <laughs> Should we maybe have, inspired by today's book, one yes. of our theories, spontaneous combustion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, how many theories do you think you have? Total. Ted had eight. How many do you have for what? this? Actual, as in... Actual theories. Well, I think I've, I've probably only got maybe two theories now. I think so too. That one person took it... As a joke. As a joke. <laughs> is my first one. Yeah. I would say about that theory though, what, why haven't they done the punchline? Why haven't <laughs> they brought it back to be like, lol? <laughs> or is this the punchline that we're still doing it? Maybe. Or they just don't know... Yeah. They're, they're a guest at the wedding who somehow <laughs> has not managed to hear about the podcast. Yeah. That's one option. You're right. That is one option. Number two. That it was just people eating it incredibly quickly. But my issue with that theory is hardly anyone 
They said they ate claims to have eaten it, and also or even seen it. Also, and also the time, no plates, no cutlery. Yeah, the time. Are that is suggesting that it's the a, guess it's in a question hijinks. just kind of grabbed handfuls of salmon <laughs> <laughs> and ran away yeah. gleefully. Yeah. My other option is outsider intervention. Are some sort of passing strangers? got involved yeah, you know what we need to do next episode is we've got the last episode of the series we need to have some sort of debrief bring it all together we need to do a denouement of sorts yeah but like a bit of verbal denouement yeah okay agreed we'll just collate everything yeah everything and just be like okay where are we do you want me to do right now? a diagram like i did on paint for joe's bedroom yeah yeah there you go. okay for joining us for this episode of The Unsolved Case of the Missing Salmon. We've been reading The London Eye Mystery by Siobhan Dowd. Our next and final read for season four will be Harlem Sunset by Nikisa Afia. I believe that it is available in all forms. Yes, it is. If you're having trouble sourcing it, get in touch with me directly. I can order it for you. Wow. What a new addition oh. to the, what's the word? The ability to get books. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wrong phrase. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me in the snug. It's been delightful. delightful. We're going to crack on and play some board games after this. We Off are. There. We are. Lovely. If you've enjoyed today's episode, give us a review. Please. Five stars. Very much appreciated. As always, if you take a photo of your review, send it to us. You may be rewarded. <laughs> a small gift we're instagram at missing salmon case our email address is missing salmon case at gmail.com this podcast is edited created and produced by maddie berry and hannah knight the music is sourced from melody loops and composed by jeff harvey thank you for joining us and as always keep, keep soothing, soothing.